This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Once again, the 2020 census undercounted black people, Latinos, and Native Americans living in the U.S. That's according to a new report released by the Census Bureau this week. The survey measures how accurate the 2020 census was. Those figures came out last year. So why does this continue to be a pattern? And what impact does it have moving forward? Joining us to discuss this and more is Alden Lowry. He's senior editor of WBEZ's Race, Class, and Communities Desk. Hi, Alden. Hey, Sasha. Also here is Esther Yoonji Kang, a reporter on WBEZ's Race, Class, and Communities Desk. Welcome back, Esther. Thanks so much, Sasha. Were you surprised, Alden, that the new report from the Census Bureau showed that people of color, again, were undercounted in 2020? Uh, no, no. I, the... Um... The uh, you know what what happens typically in, in in most census counts is that populations that are generally there are populations that are generally hard to count and and, and particularly African Americans and Latinos are are among those groups uh, even as the census buildup was happening um, uh, they, these were communities that were being called hard to count communities and there was such a push to try to make sure that they were counted uh, as best they could be counted. Uh, but I think that's an expectation because we've seen it in decennial censuses prior uh, that, that those 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 groups in particular are, are groups that are typically undercounted. Just so we're clear, how do we know that there is an undercount, Alden? And and how do we know the demographics of the people who are undercounted? Sure, sure. So uh, this, the Census Bureau does something after each census counts, and they've, they've They've gotten the counts done. They've done all of their checks and balances, and they've put those numbers out. They go back and do something called a post-enumeration survey, which is essentially another count. It's not as robust as a census count, um, but uh, it's it's meant to be essentially a fact check uh, on on their on their count. Uh, and then, uh, along with that, they do something called a demographic analysis, which is. Uh, they'll take a look at vital records, birth, deaths, and, and, and other records uh, to try to get a sense of, um, hey, you know, this is how our census number changed from one 10-year period or from, from 10 years ago to now. Let's take a look at these vital records, uh, you know, that they'll, they'll check through, uh, you know, local uh, and state resources uh, to say, okay, so roughly uh, how well is our census count for these demographic groups based on what we're looking at in terms of births and deaths and other vital records. And uh, and that also is a bit of a guess in terms of how well they've counted or how well they haven't counted. Um, and then they'll, 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 they'll publish that information as they did this week. Um, for the 2020 census, here's what our post enumeration survey says, how well we did in terms of our overall count, and here's what our demographic analysis tells us about how well we did counting these specific groups of people by their racial or ethnic group. Okay, and there was an overcount of people who identified as white and not Latino. How'd that happen? Um, well, there is, uh, generally speaking, uh, folks that are very well represented, they're participating uh, in, in, in large numbers in the census, and they might fit in other categories. So, uh, for instance, uh, uh, whites and Asians are more likely to be homeowners. Homeowners are among the group that are typically overcounted because they may own one scenario that, that has been shared by the census is folks who own more than one home sometimes are counted twice uh, at, mm-hmm. uh, at each residence. And so you've got people who are in those groups more often 
that that might be one reason why they're overcounted. And then also because they are participating more often in the census, and that can also lead in some cases to an overcount. And then the opposite is true for people who are undercounted. So you've got African-Americans and Latinos who are, more, who are less likely to be homeowners. Uh, but then they also fit in other groups. So kids who are under the age of five years are typically a group that's undercounted. Uh, you also have people who are renters uh, and people who are uh, homeless. And so their numbers, African-Americans and Latinos, are, are more represented in those groups, and that's part of the reason why they are undercounted. But they're also undercounted because uh, there's greater skepticism, as we've seen with, the, with, with vaccines. There's greater skepticism of, of government-related functions, and so the census is one of those things. Um, and then uh, one thing that I think Esther is going to touch on, uh, the, the fact that people are living in, in, in rental, but also living in larger rental complexes. So sometimes those can, themselves can be very difficult places to get an accurate count. So I think those are all, all part of the, parts of the reason why we, we see overcounts for particular groups and undercounts for others. Yeah, let's bring you in here, Esther. Talk more about the biggest struggles that you noticed as, as the 2020 census was conducted. Yeah, so Alden, as he mentioned, um, counting minority populations was was always a struggle because of language barriers or the mistrust in government that uh, Alden just mentioned. But this um, particular census saw even bigger challenges, a lot because of the pandemic. Um, even before that, though, the bureau had was underfunded compared to previous years, and so they had closed a lot of like regional offices. They did fewer uh, dry runs of the census, fewer tests dress rehearsals, um, if, if that's what you want to call it. And then once the census started, they also had tech issues. Um, a new app was being used to count. So enumerators, the people who count um, uh, for the census, they told us that there were so many challenges with the app. This was also the first year that the census was done online. Like people could self-respond online. Um, they had some options to call in or use paper form, but but you know, the online element added a whole nother challenge, people with lack of, you know, tech, uh, uh, internet access or, or lack of devices. Um, and of course, there was the Trump administration trying to add that citizenship question to the census a few years ago. Ah, how soon? Yeah. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> it's been a long two, three years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they That went up all the way to the Supreme Court. Ultimately, the question was left off. But a lot of the damage was already done and people were pretty afraid. How much of an impact do you think the pandemic had on the process? Oh, it was it was big. I mean, every challenge you can think of in the census already was exacerbated by by COVID. And um, one of the things was just getting the word out about it was difficult. People, uh, groups, organizations, nonprofits, they rely on big events and door-to-door outreach. And those plans were all curtailed uh, or, or canceled by, by the pandemic. Um, the Census Bureau also had a hard time staffing up. It was hard to find workers who were willing to go out. Um, and also, on, you know, it just, it, enumerators, enumerator, sorry, weren't, were not allowed inside buildings um, because of COVID. So they had a hard time. They had to use other sort of ways to, to count. Um, and the Trump administration also kept changing deadlines um, for the census. And so messaging became a problem for communities. They, they were told, oh, wait, we have until this date. And then that date got moved back and then mm-hmm. it got pulled, pulled up again. Um, and finally, 
you know, but also importantly, a lot of households were really affected by the pandemic. So people lost loved ones, they lost jobs. Um, I remember in 2020 talking to an organizer who said that the census was the last thing on families' minds. People were thinking about, you know, how am I going to recover from COVID or um, how am I going to pay the bills? How will I provide for my family? And the census was definitely not on the top of their list. Well, then how's the 2020 census response data categorized now? Um, by, by response data, I just want to get clear on what you mean when you, when you ask response data. So response from the, from the uh, participants filling it out. How oh, is I'm it sorry. Uh, I, I hear you. I wasn't sure if you were talking about the, uh, the, uh, the undercount, uh, overcount uh, uh, projections. Uh, the, the, the response data, uh, uh, you know, varied widely uh, in, in Cook County. You had some, uh, the, the census tracks it down to the, the track level, or they report it down to the track level, what the response rates were. And it can give you a really clear picture of, uh, how participation uh, differed widely. Uh, you know, there were some tracks in Cook County where the uh, percentages were as high as 92%. I think in Chicago, the highest percentage um, was 88%. It was a, a, a census tract in the Beverly neighborhood, uh, all the way down to 27%, which was uh, the, uh, the response rate uh, for a census tract in Inglewood. And uh, taking a quick look at a map, you see this kind of Splash, uh, this splash, I should say, uh, kind of on the south side, southwest side, mm-hmm. Inglewood, West Inglewood, into some of the Gage Park and some of the communities, uh, Latino communities just west of there, and then a splash to some degree on the west side, uh, where response rates were were really low. I mean, we talk about you know, 27 to about you know 45 percent or so, and then your stronger areas were on the northwest side and the southwest sides, uh, and the very southwest corner, uh, just west of Midway Airport, where response rates were typically over 80%. And so it really fits the picture that that uh, Esther was just painting in terms of, you know, what she heard uh, and saw from uh, enumerators uh, reporting back where they had the most struggle. Yeah. Well, given that, Alden, it, do we have an idea then of, of what the levels of the undercount might be for 2020 here in Chicago or Illinois based on the national numbers? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's tough to say. Uh, ten years ago, uh, in the 2010 census, the national undercount or yeah, undercount was uh, was like zero point zero one percent. So it was an incredibly accurate census by that by that measure from the Post Enumeration Survey. Uh, just thirty six thousand off, and this is out of three hundred ten million or so people in the U.S. For Chicago, roughly two point seven million, just under that in 2010. The uh, the uh, the undercount was negative zero point four five percent, which equated to about eleven eleven thousand off of that overall total. So, um, so the response rate in Chicago was, or the the uh, the percentage uh, undercount was was much higher in Chicago than it was nationally, but it was still a very small number, mm-hmm. um, and. We won't get uh, the census. It's reported that the census won't be providing city-level uh, information. Uh, state level is as, far, is as far down as that as they're going to get, and we're going to be some months off. So it's hard to say 
what the actual impact in Chicago is. But, but given what 2010 showed us, I think I don't mm-hmm. think we should necessarily assume that the numbers that they're reporting at the national level are going to exactly be the numbers at the Chicago level. And it could make a difference to some degree when we think about the racial and ethnic groups in Chicago, which are within three percentage points of each other, you know, about 863,000 white citizens counted, 819 or so Latino, uh, 819,000 Latino citizens, 780,000 or so African-Americans. And so a swing of, you know, 20, uh, an overcount of 10 to 20,000 more or an undercount of 30 to 40,000 less, uh, you know, could shift uh, those positions to some degree. Right. Uh, but like I said, it's 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 hard to know what those numbers might be in Chicago. And sadly, I don't know if we're actually going to get a clearer picture of that. We've been speaking with Alden Lowry and Esther Yoonji Kang of WBEZ's Race, Class and Communities Desk. Thank you both. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.